What is up, everybody? This is Wes Hoffman, and this is another episode of Wes Hoffman with Friends. Today, I am joined by my near, my near and dear. <laughs> he will be near here in just a few minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, my my dear friend uh, Jacob Boyd, who we have been in, uh, friends for almost twenty years now. On July seventh of this year, it'll be twenty years, and that since the day that we met, and since that day, we have stayed very, very close friends. We've worked together. Um, we have played in bands together. We were in each other's weddings, um, all that good stuff. So we're just going to share some stories um, and talk a little bit about our music and share some stories of different experiences that we've had together, different road trips and stuff like that. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, make sure that if you uh, have not done this already, A, listen to my new song, What's Left of Me. It is on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime, all that good stuff. But B, um, also pre-save my new single that's coming out on uh, May 14th. It's called Far From Yesterday. And if you go to my Instagram page, uh, my Instagram account, you can find all the links to both of those things. So thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy uh, this episode with myself and Jacob Boyd. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm sitting here with my best friend of almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years on July 7th That's right. that we've been best friends. We're drinking beer. We're eating some pizza. We're, we're sitting here at my breakfast table. <laughs> breakfast table in an otherwise empty room. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I really just wanted to have you on the show um, just for even 20 or 30 minutes just to kind of like, you've been on my podcast a lot. Like, yeah, you're, I would definitely say, I mean, you're, you're a recurring character, <laughs> you're a main character in my life, but you're a recurring character on the podcast. Right. But I really just kind of wanted to take some time and, and have you back on the show and I feel like every time that I'm revamping this up, you're the first person that I think about that I want to just kind of have. And um, we don't even, it's just going to be, for those of you listening, this isn't going to be like, you know, we're not going to go super in depth about um, the laws of the universe, you know, like we normally would or anything like that. But uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, maybe share some stories and talk about music and like yeah. that kind of stuff. So first of all, how, how are you doing? Good. I'm j I just got off work. So, uh, a little uh, fried right now. Brain, uh, my brain is fried, so I'll, I'll try to hang in there and be a good conversationalist. He works hard for his money. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anyways, um, so dude, tell me about like what were some of your first? Um, I mean, I know this, but I know other people that they might not know. Like, what was kind of your first? punk rock band that really drew you into it because I feel like a, a lot of people that I mean everybody that I that uh, so many people that I know um, connect with punk rock and it, and it literally for me I feel like it gave me something in my formative years when I was a teenager to like latch on to and relate to for sure um, 
And for me, it was MXPX. But yeah. what were some of your bands that you really gravitated towards early on? Yeah, I mean, probably MXPX was number one early on. Um, I, in terms of like getting into punk music and um, yeah, my freshman year in high school, <clears throat> I started to get really into it. But there was like nobody at my high school who was into that kind of music. And then this kid showed up, Dave, Dave Wise, who used to be actually be, we were both in a band with him. Uh, just out of high school, but uh, I met Dave and he sat down and he had these punk rock bracelets on and like just looked totally different than everybody else. And I was like, okay, I need to talk to this kid and like see what's up. And then he ended up living like just down the street from me. Actually, they had just moved here. And so I'd go over to his house and we'd watch like skateboarding videos and MXPX music videos. He had like a tooth and nail like Mm -hmm. DVD that had like 10 music videos on it. And we would like kind of do homework and really just like shoot the shit and watch MXPX videos and hang out. And like that's then when I really got into it. And then we got in a band, Dave and I, and some of our friends in high school, phase two. <laughs> Shout out. Um, and uh, yeah, and then, you know, that summer after we graduated, we did that for a couple of years. And then I met you in the summer of 01. We were playing a show together in Brownsville, Brownstown. Brownstown, Brownstown Illinois. Illinois. Brownstown, Illinois. And so, like, uh, I'm, I'm moving this mic back and forth because it just sounds a little bit better if, you, if yeah. I do that. Um, so, but if you talk, it'll still come through. Um, this is a very pro microphone that we have here. This is actually a microphone they use to record, like, music vocals with. But I... It's not a, a technically a podcast mic. It's a condenser mic, so it picks up a lot of shit. <laughs> um, so if there's a little echoey, we're, we're in my kitchen, too. That's why. But, yeah, so we were in Brownstown, and it's actually really cool, man, because I really do think that certain people come into your life at, like, a certain time. And, um, you know, I heard somebody say one time that, like, you're the sum of all the people that you've met in your life. And... Mm-hmm. You and I, we've, you're my longest friend that I've ever had. Like I've, I, I, there's so few people aside from my family that have known me as long as you have. And I think it's really cool because, um, we were both had graduated high school. Mm-hmm. That was in July. It was right after 4th of July. And like, you almost didn't go to that show. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing in the middle of nowhere. If, if those of you who know where Brownstown is, it's literally like a blip. It's off the highway, but it's like a tiny little town and we were playing the county fair. <laughs> it was the setup was interesting because like yeah, that was literally the last show I played with my old band. And I almost didn't even go to the show because I was like, I'm not gonna be in this band anymore. Um, but uh show up in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, like we're playing there's like horse stables yes. around, like it and yes. and the venue was so nuts because it like it held like a thousand people, but at, like you guys were on the stage. Oh, there were like five people. And then there was 500 feet, and then the people sitting, like it was a half a mile away. People were sitting on benches listening. There was so much open space. It was like unnerving. And so I went up front in the front row, and I. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> So I was standing up there in the front row just trying to be like, well, these guys need some audience. I know what it's like to play for, like, nobody. And so I was, like, standing up there in the front row, like, kind of rock, front row, the only row. <laughs> There's no one else around. And then I looked down at your guy's set list, 
And I was like, I saw, I saw, like, based on the lyrics you were singing, what song you were on. And so I looked at the next song down, and it was a song called Treadmill. <laughs> and I looked down, and you got done, and I yelled out, play Treadmill, as if I was, like, this longtime fan. And you could be like, yeah, for this guy. Like, well, I don't know. I was just trying to, like, get involved. And you looked down at me, and you were like, well, he's never heard this song. Like, we've never played this song before. And here it goes. It's Treadmill. I was like, oh. <laughs> But then after the show, like, we caught up and we talked and we quickly realized, like, we wanted to hang out and we started playing and we started a band pretty quickly after that together. Yeah, for sure, dude. Like, I I remember that, um, like... Funny enough, the words to Treadmill were, I'm running... Actually pretty deep for an 18-year-old. I'm running from life, but I cannot hide. (laughs) And that's why it was called Treadmill is because it's like you're running in place. You can't yeah. really get anywhere. But yeah, man, I remember we met each other and then shortly after that, like that summer, I was, so I lived in Vandalia, you lived in Highland, which was like 30 minutes apart um, on the interstate. And I remember going over to Highland, like every chance I could to hang out with you guys and jam out with you guys, uh, you and Dave. And um, I just remember feeling like such a, I mean, not to be weird or anything. <laughs> like, I just remember feeling such a strong connection to you as a friend. And we would stay up and have these deep conversations. And we stayed up really late one night and played Ninja Turtles. I remember we stayed up till okay. six in the morning, just laughing and talking and um, just having so much fun. So, um, and I, I really feel like our, our friendship, like we've grown as people, mm-hmm. um, sure. you know, individually, but we've also stayed that one thing that I think is so special about our friendship is that we've stayed in that spirit of just like, I still feel like we're 18 whenever we hang out together. You know what I mean? I still, we just, we, we have deep conversations and stuff and we talk about all kinds of stuff, but we can also just be goofy and, and like kind of let our egos out the window. You know what I mean? And just kind of be our little 18 year old selves. Like speaking of Ninja Turtles, I got you that Donatello, Monster truck, monster and truck. then my birthday, you got me that Mikey race car. And the monster truck you got me was way better, to be fair. That's the only thing I could find at CVS that was Ninja Turtles. But I saw it, it was a Mikey, and I knew I had to get it for you. Yes, I do I, love my I told you a long time ago, like, you can tell, every, like, based on people's personality, who their favorite turtle was, and you're definitely a Mikey. For sure, dude. I actually was watching a little bit of Ninja Turtles earlier today. There was there's the uh, 2011. I can get I'll nerd out on T- TMNT for a minute. There, um, so Nickelodeon like bought the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like in 2011, I think, and they put out a series, and it was I think it's five or six seasons long, and it's actually really good. Like Seth Green is Leonardo, um, Sean Astin is Raphael. Like it actually has some decent like. Um, voice talent in it and John Heater so do you remember Napoleon Bonafrog oh yeah Napoleon Bonafrog there's a um, John Heater guest stars John Heater who plays Napoleon Dynamite guest stars as Napoleon Bonafrog in in one of these episodes and I watched it today and I, I remember watching it like I used to DVR it like um, when I had Dish Network 
now it's all on Hulu, but I, I remember watching it and there's all these references to the movie Napoleon Dynamite because it's John Heater and it was named. And, and you know, some stoner in, in a production meeting was like, we should get John Heater for Napoleon Dynamite, for Napoleon Bonafrog. And they flipped out. Yeah. And, and they were like, oh, we could do all these fun little references to the movie. Um, but no, it's, it's so true. I, I will forever be a Michelangelo fan. That's just how I am. Like I just always, (laughs) (laughs) I am dude, but fun fact. So did you know that, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the UK, it's not called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's called the the word ninja was too violent. And so it's Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, and they didn't have nunchucks in the movie because they thought nunchucks were too violent. Like the UK, the United States, it's we are the we're very sharp. Weapons aren't too violent. <laughs> yeah, but, but a stick but, on a chain—that's the bridge too yeah. far. Look, like I, I feel like that goes to show that in the United States, we are so much more like desensitized to violence than they are in the UK. For you sure. know, in places like that. Um, but. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, so what would you? Um, I, had, I had a question for you. What are some of your favorite memories of us playing in a band together? Um, some of the shows, um, you know, that we've played. Not shows that we went to as fans, but shows that we've played. Favorite memories? Ah, oh, boy, I don't know if I have one. You're like, just kidding. You're like, actually, Wes, I have a load. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get away from you for 20 years. My all-time top 10 worst moments in my life were all playing with you. So <laughs> to find a good one, no. Um, honestly, like what sticks out to me, probably our first couple shows at Ramp Riders and at Super Punk Out back in 01. Nobody cares about this, but uh, those were really cool. I guess my... I guess my top two would be when we played post-prom mm-hmm. at Effingham High School for Effingham High School post-prom. Apparently, you had given our CD, our crappy little CD out to some kids at like a skate park. And I guess they shared it with their friends and stuff, which I had no idea that we had been asked to play there. I thought you just like somehow got us the gig. And so we're playing there and all of a sudden in like the breakdown on, um, what is that? What was that song? That had the big breakdown. Everybody was singing along. More questions, More questions and answers. And answers. All, everybody in the crowd is singing along. And I look up. We played like 10 shows at that point, maybe. And I'm like, no one knows us. And I'm looking. And everybody's singing along and jumping. And I just looked over at you like, what the hell is going on? How? What is happening? That was a pretty cool moment. Um and then probably the one of the best would be you know one of those Three J's shows that we played. There was a place in Belleville called Three J's, and it was such a cool place, like um, music venue, little club. And uh, when it was packed, man, that floor would like buckle. It was, there was so much weight on that floor. People like Sarver hanging off the rafter, basically <laughs> playing a packed show with children's audio, just looking out and seeing like literally not an inch of free space in that room. <clears throat> That was pretty cool. Yeah, just memories like that. Just like snippets from those like shows where like I kind of had a moment where I'm like taking it in and thinking like I'm going to remember this someday, you know, like I'm going to remember the the way this feels. So, oh, absolutely, dude. I I would completely agree with both of those shows. Um that I, w- I would say both of those shows are, are memorable for me. Anytime that we played 3Js and there was more than 50 people there, it felt like it was packed and that was uh, just like a little coffee house in Belleville. And 
we played with we played there a few times with children uh, children's audio who became so many dynamos who is now still like a pretty uh, uh you know i don't think they play out regularly fair you know that much anymore but they're a pretty legendarily known band yeah, here in, in still, st louis i still play them Spotify. Yeah, yeah, like, and um, I remember a couple times, like, the, what was so different about music back then is we would play any gig we could possibly get, like, we, and I think that set us apart from a lot of bands, is like, a lot of bands would, excuse me, this beer is, is making me, <laughs> making me burp a little bit, um, <laughs> it's making me burpy, okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> Getting gassy. <laughs> so, uh, but we went up. We would do stuff like we'd play in in St. Louis because it's different now. Like especially with this new song that we just put out. You know what's left of me is now. There's so many people listening to this song, and um, you know people have ne- don't know who I am. There, it's, sure. This song is on so many playlists that like that people are listening to it and don't even know who it is. They just maybe hear it on, they have it on their speaker in the background or in their car. And they're just like, Oh, this is a good song. Who's Wes Hoffman? Like, I don't know. They, they might not even necessarily go to my artist page and follow me, but a lot of people are listening and it's so different on how you get your music out now where back then you just played as, as wherever you could. And if you had a CD, you'd have to try to sell it. We'd give them to kids, you know, um, like we said that we're skating Um, and one thing that one time I remember, uh, we took a weekend up to, uh, Chicago. Um, we did a little tour, that little tour, uh, but that wasn't what I was talking about. We, we went on this little tour where we, I think we played one night with Goaty Hook and the Blamed. Do you remember that? In this church in Rockford, Illinois. I fell on my ass during that show. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I tripped over my cable and fell on my ass. The only time I've ever fallen on stage. I was like, "Well, whatever." Hey, dude, I've heard I've heard stories. I've heard stories of Mike Herrera falling on stage, like falling off of the stage, like and hanging by some cables that were like hanging up. You know, like people people really do get. um, You know, people really truly do get. Uh, the music business, you wouldn't think about it, but it's a dangerous business as far as like the crew on these big setups at these music festivals where they have catwalks and they have all this equipment and stuff like stuff can fall on you. You can trip, you can hurt your leg, you can break your leg. Especially with bands like those guys. Like, I mean, they're jumping off stacks and like just flying around and like just rocking out the entire time. And that's so physically taxing. Like you're bound to like make a misstep and fall and you know, and he chucks his bass in the air 30 feet and his roadie catches oh, him and yeah. vice versa. Like, that's a 30-pound, you know, uh, thing coming down at you. From You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, there's a lot of risk of injury, actually. Oh, absolutely. For, for those guys, not for me. I'm not, <laughs> not going to say I'm on that level. <laughs> no, but still, I mean, even for roadies and stuff like that, like, you, you pick up a piece of equipment um, the wrong way. And, you know, especially at our age, you, you tweak your back or something, you throw your back out and you can't work. And there's actually a, um, nonprofit. I have the t-shirt that I, I got it on warp tour when we went on warp tour, um, for the strange house, it's called music cares. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a nonprofit that like helps people. Like if you, if you're in the music industry and you get injured and you can't work, um, like as a roadie or, you know, tour manager, drum tech, whatever, 
they will like don't give you you know they'll fundraise for you or they'll give you donations awesome. like to help you or like if if you have sub- substance abuse issues or something like that but right. um going back to what i was saying is we played a show that weekend i remember we played with goatee hook we played with so many tooth and nail bands back in the day i felt like we were so close we to played, like we played with reliant k yes oh was. dude yeah we like reliant k i mean uh ace troubles just tons Calibretto 13 like sidewalk slam oh yeah oh we played with sidewalk slam a ton like matt matt from sidewalk slam actually lives just a few blocks away from me That's now. Awesome. And I ran into him at the park about a year ago. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But anyways, um, and then the next night we did a little like overnight thing. So we went up on like a sat a Friday night or a Saturday and we played with Goaty hook and the blamed one night. And then we drove over to Chicago area and in the, in the Chicago suburbs, Algonquin, Illinois, we played with Hangnail and Fairview drive. Yeah. Do you remember that? I and, do. and that was at like this, like youth club or yeah. something like that. Like, I don't even know how we got all these gigs, but like we were always playing with those types of bands. And like, um, I, I do remember that show pretty vividly as well. Like there weren't a ton of people at some, especially yeah. we were always playing first at those shows, except the Reliant K show. There were a shit ton of people there, but, um, and then, um, my last show before I like moved away to Texas, we played with five iron frenzy yeah. and there were a shit ton of people at that show too. You borrowed their bass, didn't I? I oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> you it was like this heavy brick of a bass. It was like 40 pounds. Like it was the heaviest bass I've ever had over my shoulders. I was like, and I was afraid I was going to like break it or damage it. That was crazy. But yeah. Yeah, dude, it, that, those were we we really did some awesome shows. Um, uh, that five iron show was awesome. I remember that. And then uh, yeah. we played um, in. So I mean, even even our show like uh, at Pat Connolly's that we did just recently. If uh, that can you believe that was three years ago? No, three years ago. Like so, I, I always just think it's really cool. And I I've told you this before, but like. Every time that I look over in in the video, the music video that we did um, for What's Left of Me, and I look over and I see you and I just like rocking out on the side, you know, together. It's just, it, it just, I mean, now I've probably watched the video like, you know, 50 times. So it's no big deal. But like when I first started watching it, I was like, oh man, it just, it gives me goosebumps to know that like we started out from that point at at this little bitty town where we didn't know each other as friends and like we've stayed together as friends for so long. And there's times where I, I didn't play music for like eight years. You didn't play music for a really long time. And now I always kind of thought in the back of my mind, like I hope someday Jacob and I end up playing music again together. And I hope I can convince him to do it. (laughs) I hope he'll want to do it. The level of the songwriting now, I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> the songs are so good now. It's unbelievable. Like you guys aren't ready for this EP. Like these songs are so good. It's like it's amazing. It's definitely the best music by like an order of magnitude that you've ever written. And I mean, I always liked your songwriting, but like it's just at another level now. So it's it's exciting. Thank Plus, you. I mean, I would want to be in the band with you anyway, even if we were just doing covers, you know. But like, it's it's fun on a different level now. For sure, dude. And, and I, I mean, it means a lot to hear you say that. And I appreciate you saying that. And I, you know, I, I've told you this too. And I, you know, we had a pretty serious band meeting a few weeks ago where 
after the song has been out and we, we practiced, but we sat down and talked for a little bit and like, you know, this is, this band is called Wes Hoffman with friends or Wes Hoffman and friends. The podcast is Wes Hoffman with friends. Um, and that's something that's important to me is to always be doing this with my friends. And, you know, I'm not, I think I always want to do something with the idea that I want it to be successful. You know what I mean? You, you don't want to do something and be like, I want this to fail. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to try something and I want it to fail. Like, you know, you're naturally like, I just started skateboarding and like naturally I, I fall a lot. I jump off the board a lot. Like I get off my balance a lot. Like, you know, and that's just a natural part of trying something new. But yeah. with this, you know, I wanted it to be successful and I wanted, I owe every band that I've been in, I've always enjoyed the friendship and the, and the camaraderie aspect of like, being in a band with somebody and kind of, um, you know, pushing that, pushing the, trying to push the needle forward together. Like, you know, Hey, we're, we're in this together. We're trying to make it work. And, and that, it means a lot to me that you, you and I are doing this. Um, uh, so what are some of, uh, I guess I'll answer this first. Um, some of our favorite, we've been to a lot of shows together as well. Um, whether it's been like, whether it was back in the day, or, um, like fairly recently, but one of the shows that I, I was actually thinking about this the other day and I didn't text you about one of the bands that we have seen together a few times is masked intruder. Yeah. And do you remember, the Officer <laughs> yeah, yeah. we saw them at Cicero's yeah. when, which actually Cicero's had, I know that like now Cicero's altogether is closed, but Cicero's was an institution in St. Louis for as a restaurant and a bar because they had amazing uh, beer selection and they had really good pizza and and their mozzarella sticks were like I can't even explain how this would like how they did this but like it was a mozzarella stick but the cheese inside like wasn't stretchy it was almost like I don't want to say liquidy but it was like yeah. For lack of a better word, moist <laughs> inside, yeah. and and you would eat it, and it, and it was just like this pocket of steamy cheese inside a fried little like, uh, and it was so dope. Um, but their venue there was really really cool because um, they had like it was the perfect size room. I've, you could probably only fit maybe two hundred people in yeah. there. Like you couldn't fit that many people in there. And in the back for the older people, like there'd be some tables and you could order a pizza and like, you know, there was a bar there too. And it was just a perfect compacted size room. Yeah. And I played a couple shows there with my band, my old band, the citation and, um, Colin. You guys play there. Oh, thank you. I, oh, I forgot you were at that show. Yeah. Um, Colin from, um, children's audio ran the sound there. Oh, cool. Um, but I, I saw some really good shows there, but we saw mask intruder there and I remember this. They have this guy, Officer Bradford, that would strip down to a hit like his boxer briefs, and like he, he'd go out in the crowd and dance with people, and he just kept targeting you. Yeah, coming at me. Like it was the it was so weird. <laughs> Officer Brad, this guy in his underwear, jumping off the stage and like mosh like dancing, straight coming you. straight at me. I'm like. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> and we saw we saw them at the Firebird a couple of times too. Um, but that those are some of my favorite shows. And then um, you know, more recently we've went and seen um Saves the Day 
as well, which have both been great shows. So what are, what are some of your favorite shows that we've went to together? Yeah, probably the Saves the Day shows stand out. Like, those are just really cool just because, you know, we're big fans of their music and just, like, the vibe, especially in, was it Louisville? Yeah. Like, the vibe, it was just, like, wild. Like, the like the songs and the, the lighting, like, it was just, like, you know, almost made me want to cry. Like, it, mm-hmm. at certain points, it was, like, a very, like, not spiritual, but very almost something like that in a way. So that was a really cool, really cool show to be at. Um, I don't know, man, like... I wasn't prepared for this. Class. No, dude. No, you're um, good. You're no, good. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, what shows have we gone to that were really cool? Um, some of the old creepy shows were fun. Uh, were you there when we saw Two Thirty Eight, or was that me and Dave? No, no, no I was not. Yeah, we went to the creepy to see Two Thirty Eight, uh, which is an old Tooth and Nail band. Big fan. Um, if you haven't heard them, check out the album Regulate the Chemicals. It's an incredible Regulate album. Regulate the chemicals. Prescribe all the medicines. Put you on the right road to recovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, uh, what's the... Uh, There's a couple bonus songs on an alternate release of that album, I think. And one of them... God, I can't even think of it off the top of my head now. Um, I, I can't think. No, you're good. It's, yeah. it's, it's on Mike nerves. I can't think of it. But anyway, um, but so anyway, we went to, I'm sure this is fascinating for everybody listening, uh, but we went there to see them and we were stoked because we were huge fans. I can do all the words and everything. And like 12 people showed up and they had a, like a $700 guarantee if they played, but only like 300 if they didn't play. And so the owner was like, well, you're not playing the show, canceling, like, you know, we're not going to do the show because I'd have to pay you 700 Whereas if I cancel, yeah, I have to give 12 people back their money, but they didn't pay the extra, you know, the difference. So, so and 238 was like, no, we'll, we'll, how about this? He's like, because we were like, no, like, we desperately want to see you guys play. And they were like, look, we came all this way. We don't care. Like, just give us the 300 and we'll still play the show. And we were like, yes, this is going to be fucking amazing. And the owner was like, nope, no can do, because you're going to come back later and say, well, we played the show, so technically you owe us. And the guy's like, dude, I'll sign something saying that's we're not going to do that. And he was just like, nope. And so they canceled the show, and they left, and it was really a bummer. But then we got to see him play at Greenville College later, so that was really cool. And then Dave and I requested a song off their like first album, like a really old song. And the guy was like, whoa, I don't even know if we still know how to play that song. <laughs> anyway, massive fan of theirs, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, you were not that show, so it's not really a good answer to your question. Dude, no worries. I don't know. I'm that's... just thinking of random shows I've enjoyed myself at, but I can't really... Hey, that's that's that works. What I was going to say about that is like... I feel like in this day and age, that wouldn't be as much of an issue. Like back then in, in 2000, 2001 or 2000, early 2000s, late nineties, like the internet wasn't what it is now. And like, you would have to go to schnooks and buy a ticket, be like, Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, go to the schnooks customer service counter. I had to go to JC Penney's in in Fairview to buy a ticket for the MXPF show at, at St. Louis. Dude, that's, yeah. Got our sneakers signed by Mike Carrera out on the street. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, like, I didn't go to freaking it was Sears or JC Penney's to like a, a random back room to buy a ticket. Yeah, like, what? Like it, it was it was insane. And and now like you you know there might be people that were like, oh, I really wanted to see two thirty eight play, but like it's so much easier to get the word out about. Oh, hey, we're coming to St. Louis because the internet is what it is now. And people can buy tickets ahead of time. It's actually probably made things like that 
don't happen anymore as much anymore because they're like, oh, well, we've already pre-sold $700 worth of tickets. So here's your, here's your, like, before they even show up, here's your guarantee, like, yeah. play, have a good time. Like, you know, and, and it, it's crazy how, like, back in the day, yeah, there would be shows that would happen and, um, like, the guys from Kick and Emergency, they would be like, oh, yeah, well, last night we went down, we went down to St. Louis and saw Face to Face and I'd be like... I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Like I would have totally went. Yeah. Like because you're not checking the right websites. So maybe like early MySpace, but like we weren't even on that. Like I don't know. Yeah, it was why it was just different. There wasn't mass massive distribution list of in, in in the form of you know platforms and and you know email blasts and just any way, shape, or form you want to stay in touch with your favorite band. You can follow their Twitter. You can follow their Instagram. You can sign up for their you know, email list, like get early access to tickets. Like if you want to see a band today, like there's a hundred ways you can find out about every show. But back then it was like, we were talking about like tangentially speaking about that. Like we talked about how Dave and I would go to vintage vinyl in high school and like right before, like, or like right around the time we met you, we would go down there and like, I mean, there was internet, but nobody even like used it as a utility. It was totally different. Google, I sound like the oldest guy ever. No, we're dude, only thirty eight. We're not sixty five. We're not two thirty eight. No, we're not. <laughs> oh, two of us that are two thirty eight. All right, <laughs> I'll see myself us, out. Two of us are thirty eight, so we're two thirty eight. Hey, we're so, a new band. We're called two thirty eight. <laughs> we're called two thirty. We're called the two thirty. The two thirty eight. The two thirty eight. <laughs> not two thirty. No. Don't get it twisted, everybody. No, you can't sue us. No, but uh, uh, but yeah, like um, what, were, what was I saying before that stupid tangent? Just about yeah, I don't know. The internet. No yeah, the internet. Yeah, it wasn't like today, like. When Google came out, it was like, oh, that's cool. That's a neat idea. Because, like, yeah, there was, like, Metacrawler and Hotbot and Ask Jeeves. Dogpile. Dogpile. Was one that I... uh, these old, but if you said that now, people are like, what the hell's wrong with you using these sites? Like, you also use Bing? What's wrong Hotbot. with you? Hot, yeah. Hotbot. Metacrawler. I used Hotbot in, like, like, eighth grade for the first time. And I was, I didn't even understand what it was. Anyway, the point being, like... Like it was harder to find stuff. Like, w- yeah. like labels didn't even really have like website like pages up with like folded like band lists and stuff. So so Dave Dave and I would go to or if they did there was no music on. And it. if they had the tour dates up, there was no link to buy a ticket. No. Or there might be, but there might be a venue that's like we don't do online. Maybe tickets, it had a know, phone but... number or something. Yeah, but like it was just different. So like we would go to Vintage Vinyl and we would look through the albums and we would check the back of the albums to see what label they were on. And we'd be like, oh, these guys are on Vagrant. I like some of those bands. And then we'd buy it and then hope it was good and maybe discover a new band. And that's how we discovered Fairweather. Mm-hmm. We turned on that Fairweather. What was that album? If They Move, Kill If them. They Move, Kill Them. Check that album out, too, if you haven't. Uh, yeah, Fairweather. If, if They Move, Kill Them. So it, it just opens. It just kicks the fucking door down. It's so good. It's so powerful. And Dave and I were just sitting in his car. We were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And we, I think we called you up and we're like, dude, we discovered this new band. Like, it was just a di- you know, it was just different back then. Well, well, that was that was totally how I did, too, was um, I was how I found out about new bands was. <laughs> OK, so my parents were super strict on like, we only want you listening to like clean music, Christian music like growing up they didn't want any cuss words in it and uh i have i'll have a real quick story after after this one like so i would i would find i would go on mxpx and bands would thank other bands on the in their liner notes like special the special thanks would be an entire little page in the cd insert and i would look up i would 
literally sit at my computer with a CD liner notes and type in face to face, no doubt, good riddance. And then I would look up their lyrics to see if there were any cuss words in them before I bought their CDs. Wow. <laughs> because like that, but that was a big like wow. thing back in the day was like the parental advisory sticker. Now it's like not a big deal. Um, but I, and face to face, that's why I ended up getting one of their albums was because I couldn't find any cuss words in, in any of their stuff. And all their lyrics were almost kind of, were, were really positive and like introspective and kind of thought provoking. And so that's how I really developed like a good love for face to face. They were one of the second punk bands that like I found that wasn't like a Christian band because yeah. Um, but dude, one time I was in high school. So this was several years later. Cause that was probably in like junior high. I was probably in seventh eight or eighth grade when I was doing that. And then, um, when I was in high school, I was, uh, sitting downstairs playing Tony Hawk pro skater on my PlayStation and listening to less than Jake losing streak, that yeah. album. Yeah. And, um, there's a song that goes, what the fuck, what the fuck have I become? <laughs> and like, right as that, like our law, as that happened, my mom walked downstairs and she was, she like literally the second that she set foot downstairs, like that song came on and she was like, oh, Wesley. And she looked at you and said, what the fuck, what the fuck have you what the fuck? What the fuck have you done? <laughs> um, but and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like you know, I did, I felt like I got in trouble. But yeah. um, anyways, dude, like fun. Um, we've just had so many so many good times together. All all of these uh, saves the day road trips that we've went on. We're gonna continue doing that. Like just the two of us, yeah. I think, because um, I've had. So we've went to Louisville and Chicago, and um, yeah, I agree with you. That Louisville show was. There, there weren't. A, there were probably only two or three hundred people there. Not a very big show. And I've heard that a lot of bands will do this, like early in the tour, they'll pick a small market um, to kind of try out their set list and see how you know work out any kinks on the sure. tour before they go to a big market like Chicago or New York or before they go to like a Boston or you know hit some of the bigger markets along the way to kind of like oh hey let's get our legs under us let's, like let's kind of work out any kinks. And I thought that maybe that's what the reasoning was because you don't hear, I mean, I don't know, Louisville isn't like a big place that you hear a lot of shows coming through. And so, um, but that's only like four hours away from here. And we had a great little time on that trip and we stayed in Airbnb and um, like we had a lot of inside jokes from that trip, I felt like. And um, and then when we went to Chicago, we met these dudes, Jose and Josh. Jose and Josh. <laughs> and and I, actually, dude, I've st- I sent the new song to Jose, awesome. and he listened to it, and he told me that my vocals reminded him of Offspring. <laughs> I like the way you said that, and then just stared me dead in the eye, <laughs> and without flinching, just turned the mic towards me without blinking. <laughs> Um, I'd say when it comes to the offspring and your vocals, you got to keep them separated. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have, folks. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> all right. No. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I definitely wouldn't say that, but I like Jose a lot, so um, I'll I'll defer to his judgment on that. <laughs> your vocals are great. I just don't think you sound like the guy from the offspring. <laughs> I, I agree. I've never gotten that either, but um, I, I mean, I'll take it as a compliment because yeah. I always loved the offspring growing up. Like uh, They were also one of those bands that like – it was kind of taboo for me to listen to because they sure. didn't have a ton of cuss words, but they was, like yeah. they were kind of dirty sometimes. 
<laughs> Dirty. <laughs> Isn't that horrible that we like Air quotes. <laughs> we like equivalate like right. talking about like sex or drugs as like dirty you know, yeah. oh that's dirty. <laughs> it's real life, people. Right. Anyways, man, um this has been great. I've really enjoyed just kind of sitting here and talking to you and we're gonna hop off here and, and play some video games and just chill out as friends. We're still we we might be two thirty eights. <laughs> we might be two thirty eights. But we still have good hang time sessions where we just hang out and have a couple beers and eat pizza and play video games. And I, I really thankful for that. Yeah. Ditto. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say close it out. Oh, close it out. Um, all right. So thanks for joining us today. I didn't realize I was going to be doing the outro. Um, Wes is clearly uh, ship. Uh, uh, can't think of the words. I told you my brain is fried after work, man. Sourcing out. Ooh. Wes is sourcing out his uh, his content now. So I'll be signing off for us, for me and Wes Hoffman at his kitchen table. Um, stay cool. <laughs> listen to the stay, new song. Yeah, listen to the new song. And uh, that's all I got. I ruined it. All right. No, you're good. <laughs> Much love. I love you, buddy. Love you too, dude.